KRCL 90.9 FM, HD1, Salt Lake City, Ogden, Provo, 96.7 FM in Park City, and on the web at krcl.org. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. Homegrown's all right with me. Homegrown is the way it should be. Homegrown is a good thing. Plant that bell and let it ring. Zaldan KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer, and it's the Punk Rock Farmer. Friday edition of Radioactive. Laura Jones is with me here in the studio as always. How's your garden growing, Laura? Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm hoping it's doing okay. I found that the sun in my new place is pretty much gone by four on part of it. Another part, it's still going strong, so it's getting like 12 hours. A harsh light this week, right? Yeah, so mm, maybe focus on trying to plant some stuff on the Get East side of the four of the four o'clock side. There we go. Yeah, so you get at least maybe uh-huh. six eight hours. Raspberries, they're starting to plump up. Yes, they What's are. Mine in too. Your garden, yeah. Same thing. So raspberries and, and the um, blackberries are coming yeah. in. You can see them. They're starting to pucker up a little bit. Uh, the cabbage is almost ready to harvest. I've been harvesting lettuce from the er- from the early plantings. Uh-huh. I have some chard that I'm and some kale that I'm going to start eating. All right, folks, that's what's coming on in our gardens. Hope yours is doing as well. In fact, we may have to get you back out there and visiting people's backyards again. But what do we have on the show? So, a um, couple ladies from the West Valley and the Harriman Farmers Market. Kind of exciting. The West Valley has never had a farmers market, and so that's kind of. Uh, I think this is really cool, and Natalie. And um, De- um, Denise Christensen are with us. Great. So we're going to hear about that. But you did a farm tour, and you got him to come down here. You even brought chickens with him into the studio. We have a couple of crippled chickens that <laughs> I've been uh, railroaded into homesteading um, by a friend I brought on the tour. Three Springs um, Land and Livestock Mitch Dumkey's with us, and he was nice enough to bring the chickens, and we're going to talk about... Cow pies? What's fresh, <laughs> and it's not cow pies. You but don't want to get near size. a fresh one. <laughs> That's true. Once they dry out, though, they're pretty good. Yeah. And speaking of what's fresh, we're going to sprinkle in some of that with some of the farmers you talked to at the markets recently. Folks, they're, it's farmer's market season now, right? It's for Up sure. Up and down the Wasatch front and back. Full strength. Yeah, and uh, greens are coming on, and just go and check it out and talk to a farmer. Also got Skywatcher Leo T. He's going to be reporting on Many Cultures One Sky, a volunteer just like Aldine is every Friday here on the show. We're going to start out with some fresh and homegrown music. Unlike most weeks where we either have them in or they're here with their music, our featured artist tonight, Al, is playing at the Utah Blues Society Blues Festival. Started today, right now as we speak, down at the Gallivan and then tomorrow as well. Tonight's headliner, I believe, is Ronnie Baker-Brooks and then Ruthie Foster tomorrow night. But our featured musician tonight, local, Eric Heideman. You can see him at noon tomorrow at the Blues Festival. But let's just dip in with a song, shall we? A little short interview that I recorded. Sounds good. Okay, fresh and homegrown. Here we go. Uh, yeah, I'm, you know, born and raised in Utah. And, um, you know, just I went to the Utah Blues Fest, you know, the second annual one uh-huh. a few years ago. And it kind of inspired me to start. Yeah. Going down the blues path, seriously. Really? What were you? What were you kind of on before that? Um, Metallica, yeah, Depeche Metallica, Mode. rock, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. You know, I was a big uh, Guns N' Roses fan ah, as well. So okay, so you know how to shred. What was different <laughs> about switching to the blues? Um, 
I feel like it's just a little bit more personal. Yeah. Um, you know, it connects a little bit more with the audience, connects a little bit more with me. Yeah. How so, long have you been playing? Um, I've been playing since I was six. Wow. So. Who started that in your family? Um, you know, Guitar Hero. <laughs> and you're like, what's the real thing? Exactly. This is a toy. This is digital. It's not real. What's the real so, thing? So, yeah, my dad was like, why don't you just stop wasting time with a video game and just start playing actual guitar? So oh, That sounds like a great lead into this first song, Get Off My Back. What's it about? So Get Off My Back was kind of um, tongue-in-cheek. I wrote, wrote it about, um, you know, school and just every day doing the same thing <laughs> over and over again. I just wanted to play music all the time. So, Well, fresh and homegrown, get off my back. Eric Heideman on KRCL. can't seem to find my way around here I've been drug around for so many years I'm getting sick and tired doing what you people say so why don't I just do what I want today You've been telling me this and you're telling me that Get off my back Get off my back I don't think I can take this anymore Feels like I'm caught in your trap door It's getting really old Day after aching day year So why don't I just Do what I want today You've been telling me this And you're telling me that Get off my back Get off my back I've been in trouble water for days I need someone to save me from their wicked ways Now I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm trying to please your Your black and dark that's all right, cause I still got my guitar, yeah, yeah,
slave to your own design. Now listen, this here is where I draw the line. Well, just stop yourself from never getting in my way. Let me, let me do what I want today. You've been telling me this, and you're telling me that. Hey, I've not idea, Jack. Cut your own slack. And get off my back. Get off my back. Get off my back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, get off my, get off my back. You've been telling me this, and you're telling me that. Get off my. Back. It's many cultures, one sky. Skywatcher Leo T here as we look up, look around, and get just a little bit lost in space. After dark, Vega is a very bright star, very high in the east, coming up over the mountains after dusk. Barely lower left of it is Epsilon Lyrae, a fairly easy-to-see double star forming one leg of an equilateral triangle. Use binoculars if you're not in the mountains or the sandstone waves or by the ocean. This double is really cool. It's a double, double star. That's right, two double stars. Epsilon forms one corner of this roughly equilateral triangle with Vega and Zeta Lyrae and crosses the sky through the night as a beautiful white beacon. And way, way out, about 132 million miles, is Adolphus, the asteroid, but it's coming closer. 18 countries and 100 scientists have teamed up to test the asteroid defense systems, which are designed to spot a hazardous Earth asteroid. And it so happens that they've been using Adolphus a bit because in 2029, Adolphus will come closer than the moon and closer than many satellites. The asteroid, named after an Egyptian mythical serpent, will be blazing by the Earth at about 19 thousand miles from our precious Gaia, and it's a big one, about a thousand feet wide. NASA's OSIRIS-REx mission will visit Adolphus, keeping an eye on it during its close approach to Earth in 2029. Utah State's Space Dynamics Lab built the electronics for three cameras on board this baby, who visited deep space briquette Bennu, and will drop off some of the samples it collected in the Utah West Desert next year. And E.T. sending Earth signals, answering our calls as the Very Large Arrays and the Voyager send or take our messages out to possible alien life in the galaxy. Some very large listening arrays on Earth have picked up some fast radio bursts coming to us. In fact, the discovery of a second repeating fast radio burst Fast radio bursts are intense, brief flashes of radio frequency emissions lasting in the order of milliseconds. 500-meter aperture spherical radio telescope and the Jansky Very Large Array and an international team of astronomers have discovered a second persistently active fast radio burst posing questions about the nature of the mysterious phenomenon. Hmm, have you ever seen the movie Contact, written by Carl Sagan, starring Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey? Well, uh, check it out. The Subaru Telescope in Hawaii localized the sources to be within the fringes of a dwarf galaxy nearly 3 billion light years from Earth. Hmm, maybe there, uh, there's some uh, people out there. 
And in space exploration of the first space age, on June 3rd through the 7th, 1965, the second piloted Gemini mission, Gemini 6, stayed aloft for four days, and astronaut Edward White performed the first EVA, that's extravehicular activity, or spacewalk, by an American. These were amazing times, and some amazing photos of Ed White spacewalking with the incredible blue earth behind him are on the Skywatcher Leo T. Facebook page, along with sources for this segment. It's many cultures, one sky. In the zodiac and in the sky tonight is the constellation Virgo. With Spica, the constellation's brightest star that can be located by following the arc of the Big Dipper's handle as we arc to Big Orange Arcturus and then we spike down to Blue Spica, which is really the only star in Virgo that you can see with the naked eye, but Virgo has a considerably larger number of notable features that can be seen in the backyard telescope, or an even bigger telescope is even better. The Virgo cluster of galaxies is a remarkable part of the sky. It's well known to deep sky observers, and the Hubble telescope did some great observing of it. The Virgo cluster of galaxies contains perhaps 3,000 galaxies and is about 40 million light years away from the Milky Way. The spectacular Sombrero galaxy is only 25 million light years away. Virgo is included in the ancient star catalogs of Eudoxus, an ancient Greek astronomer, mathematician, scholar, and a student of Plato, Eratos of Soli, and Ptolemy. Virgo is known in star lore as the goddess of agriculture and harvest time, holding a shock of wheat. So keep looking way out, look around here, and get a little bit lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T. Our friend Skywatcher Leo T. Giving you many cultures, one sky on Punk Rock Farmer Friday. And Al, I hear he's going to plan a star party. So folks will let you know when that's coming up. Probably out at the Spock in uh, Twilla, Stansbury Park area. Good spot. Yeah, so stick around. Uh, we really enjoy what he brings uh, as a volunteer to the show. Um, rallies and resources before we get to some farmer's market as extravaganza. The Wild and Scenic Film Festival with Black, Bold, and Brilliant starts at 7.30 at Tracy Aviary in Liberty Park tonight. A great uh, bunch of short films and mingling. You can get tickets at the door, I understand. Tomorrow, I wanted to remind folks, Al Dine, about March for Our Lives, Salt Lake City. There are about 300 marches across the country this weekend from the March for Our Lives student movement against gun violence. And Salt Lake City is in on it. At 1 p.m., folks are meeting at West High School, 241 North, 300 West in downtown Salt Lake City. And they're marching up to the Utah State Capitol. For those that uh, can't or uh, make the march for a variety of reasons, if you get up to the Capitol around 1.30, they'll be walking in, you know, it's that uphill climb. <laughs> it's that uphill climb. But they should be there around 1.30 and then some speeches till about 3. Uh, also, tomorrow, a DACA renewal workshop from 9 to 2 at the Mexican Consulate. They'll help anyone with that DACA renewal. There are some extra things they can do for folks who are Mexican nationals. And then Tuesday next week, this is pretty cool. We've been talking a lot about the Great Salt Lake on Radioactive as part of the Great Salt Lake Collaborative. Shining a light on what's going on with uh, the Great Salt Lake and its dwindling waterline. Well, if you want to go check it out for yourself, Aldine, next Tuesday at sunset around 945, they're going to get going on a full moon walk at the Great Salt Lake State Park and Marina. And if you go to Rallies and Resources at krcl.org, You'll find it under the Community Affairs tab. There's a link, and uh, you can sign up. Dogs are welcome. you got to have them on a leash. There is a, a fee for entrance to the park. All those details at rallies and resources. Now, we're going to get into some farmer's markets, and you collected some short interviews because what's fresh, right? 
What's fresh? Okay, we got a couple here. We go. I'm here with Joaquin from Fine, Fine Till Farm. It's down in Draperish area. Um, what's fresh? Fresh red tabby spinach. Looks like a beet green. Tastes like spinach. Red tabby. Red tabby spinach. Spinach. Yep. Arugula, power greens, hakurai salad turnips. That's what's fresh. He's here at the downtown farmer's market every Saturday. John Borski, Borski Farms. We're here at the downtown farmer's market. One of the pioneers of this thing. Oh my God. What's fresh, John? Bok choy, Swiss chard, kale, been a rough start this spring. It's been cool. Been challenging to get something started and some things are growing a little slower. You got some good stuff here. But they're here. starting to pick up. Lots of herb starts and uh, some fresh herbs here too. Have you ever had garlic chives? Of course. Yeah. They, done well this spring you know, they good. only come on for the next couple weeks and then they'll be gone but my high tunnel tomatoes are looking good I should have a few here in a couple weeks and uh, the rest of things are doing well they're just off to a slow start downtown farmers market every Saturday John Borski Borski for 30 Farm. years 30 years Holy sh <laughs> you left that I left the of. S in I left the S But I took the rest That's FCC compliant So John Borski a real character He's kind of on the same lines As uh, Jonathan Krauser in Oh yeah Our curmudgeon kind Jonathan of farmer King. guys But those guys If you look at their Instagram They're looking for folks To come up and do some weeding And all the details are there Go to Borski Farms on IG And check it out We'll put a link in tonight's show notes And of course As Al's out and about And I'm at it about we're going to be asking what's fresh and i'm thinking maybe we can enlist some of the folks who run farmers markets to help us gather that kind of conversation now for sure and we have two folks here with new farmers markets so denise christiansen and natalie rollinson are here with us and you guys are hip on starting markets where there haven't been markets for a long time or maybe never there's been a market the Her Harriman Farmers Market started, you guys started last year, was your first year? Denise? Absolutely. Last year, 2021, June, early June, we started. So what, all of a sudden, I don't know too many people who just say, oh, I'm going to start a farmer's market. <laughs> What's your, well, how did you get tied into it? Well, we saw the need. Our community members had been wanting a market for a long, long time, and they're just you know, the cities don't necessarily have the staffing to put on a farmer's market. There's a lot of behind the scenes work. Many, many hours go into the market before the market opens. And so uh, we approached the city and said, what would you think if we ran the farmer's market here? And they said, well, of course. So. And, and I know you had your first one last Monday. We did. And it was a smashing success. Absolutely. It, greater than we could have even imagined Better this year. Better than last year? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. The word was out. And so you went late. You had a lot of people there. You didn't close up shop until after the deadline even. Correct. Yeah, we were supposed to close at 9. About 9.20, we still had plenty of customers. It was a beautiful night. Plenty of customers, no reason to shut down until they were gone. So you think That's all right. You think people are hyped up and ready to... I know people are ready to get out. But do you think people are ready to get out and get some local stuff and get some local food? Absolutely. We, we do a lot of behind-the-scenes work or a lot of pre-work leading up to the market as well. So we were out in the community for the last few weeks 
telling people this is where you want to be. Monday night, we're in conjunction with the food truck roundup. It's a night in the park for our families in the community. What night of the week is it again? It's Monday. Monday nights. I was going to say, because there are so many that are on Saturday, Mm -hmm. and you're adding new markets against Mm -hmm. longstanding ones. So Monday night for the Harriman, and what's the address? 5355 West Main Street in Jalen Crane Park near City Hall. We'll put that in the show notes. And your partner in the Agrihood, Natalie Rollinson, uh, the two of you tag team all this? Yes, we do. We think... We are better as a team of two than a single one. <laughs> so you guys were at the farm at the farm conference in the at the beginning of the year. Yes, and that's where I met you, and we talked a little bit. Just a, you know, we I was peddling seeds, giving away seeds, and you guys came to my booth, and we talked a little bit about market. And there was a big market breakout there. There was a there was a, a workshop there for Absolutely. markets. Mm-hmm. Did you guys learn some stuff at that? So much, really, as a new market. I don't think the learning ever stops. Mm -hmm. And it really prepared us to be better, bigger and better this year. And we took away so much from that conference. Thanks for the ladies at Red Acre Farm for that, for the Farm and Food Conference down in Cedar City every year. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's, it's a great community, isn't it? When we were down there, everybody, if you don't know them, they want to meet you. They want to tell you. They want to give you information. And you guys seem the same way. I, I think it's great that you're starting markets uh, up where, you know, there hasn't been one for a long time. You said maybe eight years since there's been one in Harriman. What about the one in West Valley? Tell me a little bit about that, Natalie. So West Valley has been wanting a market for um, about four years. They've been trying to get it out and to be able to run it. But like Denise said, there's just not staffing. It's very hard to, there's just so many logistics to it. So uh, Jamie was actually able to find us and asked us. And so we turned in a proposal and it was accepted. And they are super excited to have a farmer's market. So West Valley's big. Yes, it's huge. And, the second and- largest city in the, in the county. Yeah. So there's a lot of need, and so we are excited to be able to give them their need and <laughs> serve up a table for so them, right? So what are your plans? How many vendors do you think? How are you, how's it coming together? Because yeah. this one doesn't start until July, correct? Correct. July 7th is their kickoff day, just right after their West Fest. So um, we have, we've got some vendors that were coming over that we already had, and we have been putting the word out in the local community there in West Valley, and we've been getting tons of applications coming in. So we've got a good start of about 40 vendors to kick off their events. That's great. That's, you know, that's some great groundwork. And I, I know you guys, um, you leave the application open for the vendors. So you, once, it's, once you get your vendors, you don't close it. It's open all season long and more people can join in. Yes, absolutely. We feel like I'm a visual, so I don't always have the time to get on and look up on Facebook or Instagram and look for what's going on around in the community, right? So when you kind of drive by and see something, you kind of stop and you start walking. Well, hey, I have a small business. I think this would be a great place for me to sell my goods. Mm -hmm. And so we want to leave that door open because I think there's tons of people out there that have great ideas or have great product and didn't even know a place that they could sell it. And so we provide that. So we want to leave that open for the season. And then there's a couple of things that most of the markets do, like Snap and Double Up Bucks. And you guys do that. But you guys told me that I'm eligible for a one-time <laughs> senior discount now. 
where I can get vouchers as a senior over 60. And this is the first time I've heard of it. Tell me a little bit about it. Oh, it's Denise, go ahead. It's the Senior Farmers Market Nutrition Program. It's a federally funded program that provides fresh fruits and vegetables to seniors to make sure that their diets are well-rounded, that they're eating directly from the farm. So as a senior, you are eligible to receive um, $50 worth of vouchers that you can bring to our farmers markets in exchange for fresh fruits and vegetables. So not all farmers markets, but but you guys are accepting. Mm-hmm. This is the time. first I've heard of this, and I know, uh, I, and I think it's I think it's cool. I'm ready to sign up for mine. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> I would love to. But um, uh, you guys are on the cutting edge. I feel like we are. Again, things like the Farmers uh, Conference in January, being involved in the Utah Farmers Market Network um, is a place, and that's who coordinated everything for us in January. But the Utah Farmers Market Network, we have regular conference calls, and those are the places where we learn, and we visit other farmers markets, and we talk to other farmers markets, and we have friends who run other farmers markets. And so we are... Um, we feel like the more we know, the more we learn, the more that we can bring to our residents and our communities, the better we are in the long run. All right. We're talking with Denise Christiansen and Natalie Rawlinson of Good for Life Markets, and they started Harriman last year. West Valley opens on July 7th. And I'm just kind of curious about how you approach the farmers who are already booked on the weekends, and you've specifically chosen Mondays for Harriman and Thursdays. For West Valley, are you finding they're like, wait a minute, I can expand my market. Is that happening, Natalie? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we're busy, right? Weekends can get filled up. And so we just felt like there's tons of people that want fresh produce, but they don't have the time to go at 8 a.m. to downtown Salt Lake. Yes. Sundays at Wheeler Farm. Exactly. And so we felt like a weekday would be great because there are so many people that still want that fresh produce. And so we were like, sign me up. I can, I can sacrifice a Monday night for some great fresh food. So here's another one. Children, they go to activities, and they're activities that are health-wise and, and eating right. And if they go to the activity, they get vouchers to use at the farmer's market, too, at you guys' farmer's market. It's called the Power of Produce. Tell me about it. Natalie, (laughs) Power of Produce. Getting the kids early, right? Right. So the Power of Produce is they want kids to kind of learn about the nutritional facts, right, about our food, the intake that we're getting. Where it comes from. Right. And how to grow it and what to look for, right? And to uh, just appreciate our food, not waste right and so they have this program where kids can come and do activities for the day and then they earn these tokens that they can bring to our market on thursday nights and they can purchase fresh produce they can get vegetables and fruit for their family Uh, i think what you guys are doing is great do you want to say something denise it looked like you did not everything's out of a box and that's what they want these children to learn our food is not always from a box. You know, the, the soup and the best food doesn't come necessarily all the time from the food from the supermarket. That's yeah. right. It comes from our local farmers. Plus, you're connecting everyone who comes to these markets to the community. You're really making that closing that loop. Mm. Uh, Denise, I know that's important to both of you is that uh, 
you're building community, which is interesting, Al, because before Harriman and West Valley were full of suburbs and homes, they were a lot of farmland, right? right too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah. It like I grew up in Sandy. There was nothing out west, <laughs> <laughs> or drape like even Draper. Yeah. There was just nothing. It was uh-huh. it was farmers. I mean, I was a beet digger, so you there know. You I'm just saying. Uh, let's remind <laughs> let's remind folks where and when the markets are and how where they can find you on Instagram and all those things. All right. So give us the good word. Facebook and Instagram for the different markets. Oh, yes. So if you go to Good for Life Markets, you will be able to find us on Instagram and Facebook, and you'll be able to see the dates and the times and the locations of those markets. We'll put those in tonight's show notes, but Harriman is Monday nights. It's on, it's moving forward through what, October? Through the Harriman Howell. That's right. October 10th. Okay, and then July 7th, Al, is when West Valley starts? July 7th, 5 to 9 Thursdays in West Valley at Centennial Park, uh, July 7th to October 13th. Correct, folks. Very good. Two more farmer's markets. I'm just loving that that's growing even more. Thank you so much for coming in, and we'd love to get you, you know, working your phones to ask what's fresh out there with the farmers, okay? Absolutely. We would love it. All right, Al, let's get another song from our featured artist tonight, Eric Heideman, who is part of the Utah Blues Festival this year, going on tonight and tomorrow. He's playing tomorrow at noon, and I believe that's where we pick up the conversation with Eric one more time. Got Eric Heideman in the studio pre-recording with us for tonight's Fresh and Homegrown Music uh, because he is hanging out over at the Utah Blues Festival going on at Gallivan in downtown Salt Lake City. But tomorrow, Eric, you are playing. Yeah, playing at noon. Noon, and uh, what you got planned? Uh, just great set of electric blues. So you bringing the whole trio then? Uh, yeah, I'm actually bringing a, a quartet. A quartet actually, now. Uh, so who you got with you? Uh, Scott Seibert on keys, uh, Levi Ullerton on drums, and Sam Schultz on bass. So how has the last couple of years been treating you? Uh, Productivity-wise, staying healthy? Yeah, yeah, staying healthy. Um, I'm actually um, going to move forward with um, another album uh, here coming up pretty soon. Um, my mentor and uh, sort of guitar teacher, J.W. Jones, um, he won the international blues competition a few years ago, best guitarist, um, and so he's kind of, you know, taking me under his wing after we started lessons, and we have a full thing set up for an album. Oh wow! When's that going to come out? Um, recordings in September in Newark, uh, New Jersey, um, with Victor Wainwright and uh, Dave Groves. Excellent. In the meantime, where can folks check you out, download, pick up some songs? Um, just EricHeideman.com. All right, we'll put it in the show notes, folks. Let's get another song. This one's Mountain Song. Anything you want to say about it? Um, it's just written about the lovely mountain scenery here in there Utah. There you go, perfect for the Utah Blues <laughs> Festival. Eric Heideman, fresh and homegrown Mountain Song on KRCL. I've gone down this road so many times before I still don't know where it's going, baby But I know I can't be sure I've walked through these trees Wandered through the fields Swam in the lake 
Hold the wind stand still This place I do adore yeah, Still gives me a thrill I've seen the moon and stars Light up the dark night sky Felt the cool breeze Even in July I've heard the bullfrog crow Watched the mule deer run Held out my hand To feel the mountain sun Out here way up high We can be as one Last time I'm on that road, yeah, I'll start to cry. I still don't know where it's going, baby. That feeling is sublime. When the tune rolls out, my I know it's the last time, yeah. So goodbye, yeah. Goodbye, goodbye. Located at Jordan Park on Salt Lake City's west side, the Ninth West Farmers Market happens every Sunday, 9 a.m. to 2, rain or shine, hot or cold, through mid October. Featuring locally made goods and homegrown produce from backyard gardeners, farmers, chefs, beekeepers, and more. Details at ninthwestfarmersmarket.org. Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and their Love's Diversity Initiative. Mark Miller Subaru is a proud community partner of Project Rainbow, spreading love together this Utah Pride Month. Learn more at projectrainbowutah.org or markmillersubaru.com. Welcome back. Uh, here we are. We're going to get into the Urban Farm Report really quick here. But uh, coming up is Democracy Now! at 7 p.m. with Amy Goodman. Not a sh- Sideshow with Circus Brown at 8 p.m. Friday Night Fallout with Keith McDonald at 10.30. Liquid Rhythms, Ken Barola, 1 a.m. Saturday Breakfast Jam, Shanalee, 7. And John Flores with Saturday Sage at 10 a.m. Al Dine, Strict 9, KRCL's <laughs> Punk Rock Farmer. I'm Laura Jones. It's time... To tell, tell more true tales from the agri-hood with your urban farm report. We're going to get into some true tales. Uh, Mitch Dumkey's with us from Three Springs Land and Livestock. And on Tuesday, I went up and took uh, He gave us such a wonderful tour. I want to really thank you for that, yeah, Mitch. Yeah, good. No, it you was, bet. It was a great afternoon. Um, uh, 
boy, it was a beautiful day. We got to see a little bit of everything. Where is this beautiful place? It's it's up in the Camas Valley. Tell That's us right. a little bit more about yeah, it. Yeah, so the Camas Valley, people say, where is this place? And usually if you're trying to go spend a weekend to cool down in the summer, you want to get to the Uintas. Camas Valley is the gateway into the Uinta Range. So Pio is on the north end of the Camas Valley and kind of at the, the north entrance into that valley, and that's where we're at. So how about a, a general explanation of what you guys do and how you go about it? Yeah, so Three Springs Land and Livestock, we honestly, we've operated for just under a year. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. And our focus is to, uh, to heal our landscapes through responsible land and livestock management. So uh, you often, we, we, we pride ourselves as a regenerative agriculture operation. Um, there's other words you might hear like climate smart or holistic management. Those are all different types of terminologies. The point is that you're, you're thinking about the bigger picture than just profit. You're, you're thinking usually about your soil first. And and then managing animals accordingly. You guys are thinking a really lot about the soil, and um, you, you're stepping up production this year. You Last are. year was That's your right. first year. It hasn't even been a year no. yet. Yeah. Eleven months ago was your when you started, and you had 130 chickens last year and a few cows in the herd. Um, this year, there's going to be a thousand chickens <laughs> yeah and i saw them in their little incubator things yep and um what what's what kind of impact do the chickens have on the on the land the chickens when are, they when they're grazing free. yeah so we call these pastured poultry uh-huh. uh, that's really clear so there's a lot of you know flexibility people take in or uh, liberal definitions in terms of uh how a chicken's raised you know free range might be that it just has a window to see outside or can step out onto a concrete pad. Mm -hmm. A lot of um, conventional chicken you find in the grocery store, usually they are not um, living on soil and they are not eating insects. They're crammed into cages. And so, so we really pride ourselves that once they're old enough and have their kind of their real feathers so they can handle cold, we put them out on pasture. And the magic of chickens is a few things. I mean, one fertilizer, they put down a lot of poop. Like, I mean, seriously. <laughs> Farmer's it, gold. It, it is nuts. It's beautiful. And so we love that. Even in, when they're brooding and we have it mixed with the pine shavings, it's amazing compost starter. Um, but then when, when they're out in the field, I mean, they put down 300 pounds of nitrogen per acre, which is a really rich fertilizing uh, state. And so, but the other thing they do is they really, they scratch. If you ever watch a chicken, I mean, mm-hmm. they, if they get in your garden beds, you're not stoked on it. But otherwise, if you put them in the right place, they're they're looking for bugs and other things that scratching is doing a lot to break up thatched layers so depending on your pastures it's really good to actually go do some soil sampling to see if you're nitrogen deficient and then look at some maybe areas of your of your pastures where you've let grass overgrow too much too long and so it actually is suffocating other plant life to be able to grow through these chickens break all of that up and really free up the soil so it can actually um grow plant life again. so, so instead of having a tractor you're using the you're using the birds to do the work we're using the birds to do the work yeah that's that's really um one of the principles of soil health is uh, minimal chemical and mechanical disturbance and so we really try to reduce mechanical use and that's a benefit too for us because we reduce our input costs we're not paying gas prices we're not paying for a giant tractor mm-hmm. we we do have a small machine but any machine we buy you better 
make sure it's got a lot of uses on the ranch before uh-huh. we're not we're not going to specialize a one thing that's right and it's, so there's there's not very many meat producing chicken producers in utah yeah and i've had a few from a different uh Cherithbrook farm i had some from and boy it's good yeah it's really good but you guys are trying to change that we are trying to change that you know it's uh, there's there's been some good movement we need more movement to be able to sort of ease off on some regulations in terms of what it takes to process chicken in the state. But there's been some good pro- Red Acre Center has really helped with, I believe it's HB 181, to, to say, look, even though the state hasn't created um, certain regulations, they we can do what the federal law allows. And mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, you know, what we want to, what we're focused on specifically at Three Springs is education as well. So we're opening up our ranch so people can, look at what we're doing we want to share how much it costs we have financial models for how we think about our chickens and we want to help other people start farms like we live the law of abundance and that's our mindset and so the more chicken we can get out here that's locally raised on pasture it's going to be healthier it's tastier like why not why not do those things and it's scalable we have a model where it can start with 30 birds or even smaller but 30 birds is a nice amount and then you can go up to what we're doing is we have them in these giant um, mobile hoop houses that we're essentially putting up this weekend. Uh-huh. But it holds 250 birds. So uh-huh. anyway, it's good stuff. Chickens yeah. coming on the way from th- from Three Springs land and livestock. Yes, sir. So uh, then we took a, a ride over to where the cows are, mm-hmm. and the this cows. was the fun part. We got to get in the four wheeler, and we got <laughs> to. There's some houses there. There's one that was in the. Before they flooded out, yeah, the city uh, of Rockport. Rockport. That's right. There's a house there, and there's a picture of me and you standing <laughs> by it. And there's yeah. some old, really nice wood buildings there. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful land with a, a nice water ditch that comes all the way down. Yeah, and creek it's coming yeah, off of, creek. coming off of the Weber River. Right. It's a tributary, and um, the cows. Uh, to explain that. I mean, we didn't talk about the chickens, but they're in a tractor that's. A hut that's kind of moved. Yeah, but it has some wheels on the corners. So it, it, no wheels. No, no wheels. wheels. We actually have a little metal dolly. We stick it up ah, underneath. Okay. Well, the one we operate right now is the it, it sticks underneath and it releases tension so we can move it every day. Ah. Daily movements key. Um, yeah. So, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. Explain. Explain. Well, here. Explain the the process with the cows, mm. how they're moved, and how you keep them yeah. in each spot. Because you're moving, like we you are. say, oh, every day. Every day. Every and some day. people are like, oh, my God, are you serious? You're moving them every day? Mm-hmm. Um, and so y- the answer is yes. Uh, what we call that is management-intensive grazing. That's one of the – or you might hear someone else call it adaptive multi-paddock grazing. The point mm-hmm. is is that you do need to move them. And what that is is biomimicry. I, I, I freaking love that word. Um, it, it's a little nerdier, but like to me, it's like you're mimicking nature. You're mimicking mm-hmm. natural systems. And this is the predator-prey relationship of buffalo in the, in the Midwest, um, in the plains, and how they had a predator pressure. And so they huddled together to keep themselves safe, but then they're going to graze all that down. They're also going to lay down all their manure and urine. And I always say you never put your toilet in your kitchen for a reason. And so they they, so move, they move the next day naturally. That's what created some of the healthiest, healthiest topsoil and soil systems in the world. In the West. That's why it's so fertile here up right now. That's right. Yeah. Them. And then we killed them off and we started to put our practices on top of it. So And their hooves. So we're digging things up like the chickens with their scratching. Yeah. Right? That, that impact, that hooves. And then, um, I mean, their manures, the manures gold there as well. But. 
we're that's what we do is we move them and well, we don't have wolves that wouldn't probably be a very effective way for us to manage our cows <laughs> so instead we use electric fences right uh this electric fence like it doesn't mean we're gonna fry them and turn them into burger if they sit on that fence right. but it gives them a solid zap and it's actually considered a more mental barrier than a physical barrier because mm-hmm. if you if you make get a wrong cow or a wild cow they'll run straight through it elk mm-hmm. elk don't care as well and so what we do is um they get that little zap, and then they see that white line that runs across, and they're like, we don't want that. These cows are really happy, oh, yeah. like, and friendly and curious, and when they see you, they perk up. Yeah. If you don't pay attention to you, they they right. beller at you mm-hmm. and make, hey, come over here. Mm-hmm. They, you're, they recognize you and the farmer, and they, they realize maybe you're coming to move them to a clean spot, or yep. they're smart. They are, and, you know, part of that— Part of that daily move is about not overgrazing. That's such an important part of the whole soil health system. Mm-hmm. And so what we have to do is we get out there with a funny little stick and we put it in the ground and we actually do forage calculations. It's it, uh, Over radio, you'll, your listeners will fall asleep, so we won't <laughs> do that. But we essentially say, how can we – we know what our need is for our cattle. They eat anywhere between 2 and 3.5% of their weight. And we know how much forage we have, so we can actually calculate – the acreage to make sure that we leave half. We always say leave half, take half. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's mm-hmm. leave half the grass for later for a lot of soil health principle reasons. And then, and then, so, so by the time we come back, they're kind of like, yeah, we're, we're not really, <laughs> we don't want to go get some of that. Like they got the goods and there's some other stuff left uh-huh. over. And there's some really cool behavioral thing that happens when you're with cattle every day. One, yeah, they do recognize specifically like who I am. If I go with a, a, a stranger, they're a little more standoffish, mm-hmm. but then they kind of warm up. But the other thing is, is that when we open that fence, they move themselves. We don't have to do a thing. Mm. Maybe we'll holler at them quick or something. They know the drill. They know the drill, and then they move over. Um, and what that w- when we get a big enough herd, we even see the difference between last year and this year, is that when I mean, we're talking about going from three head of cattle to ten heads, so like we're still small, but um, there's comp- competition. And so they stop being so selective about what to eat. And so whenever you hear people out, the first thing they ask, what do you do with thistle in your field? Or what do you do with this unwanted weed, a plant? They call it a weed. Well, when you actually put a cattle and they're a little bit hungry into a fresh field, they stop caring a little bit more about what they eat and they'll just start grazing. Uh-huh. And so that's, that's some other behavioral stuff you see with that's cattle. And so you took me to the, you took me to the, the first section where you first started mm-hmm. grazing yeah. last year. And uh, and you sh- and you showed me your your dirt patches to dandelions is what we're gonna call it. <laughs> Sweet, yeah. And I so, love that. T- so explain That's a podcast right there. Ex- you ex- mm. explain a little bit about how yeah, that works. The dandiness of the dandelion. That's right. So the there there's a there's a natural um, succession to to biology and to plant life. And so if you start with bare dirt, that's a very there's no life really happening. Stark. And so so when you get into succession, you're talking about higher levels of succession over time. You might see thistles stand up first. Anytime someone puts new topsoil in their yard and they don't do anything with it, first thing that shows up is probably thistles. But then the next year, maybe, if you get some other things going on, then the dandelions can show up and then some other stuff. So dandelions are this, any kind of plant in your field, you can get as mad as you want at your yard about what plants are in it. But you should be mad at yourself about what your, it's telling you what your soil system is is going mm-hmm. on and so dandelions are there for a reason they're they're good tap roots so they can really break compaction layers the importance of living roots that's right? it that's one of the soil health principles living roots in the soil as long as possible and so we see a dandelion we're like sweet 
that soil's covered so it's not getting baked. It's got infiltration so water can more effectively get down into the soil and then be protected. It's like, and our cattle and our chicken love dandelions. So when I see it, I'm like, no, and it's one of your first pollinators of the season as well. It so. is for sure. Um, graze and rest, graze and rest, yes. graze and rest, move, move, move. More carbon sequestration. Yes. If the plant only grows one time and turns into a tall grass, mm-hmm. it, it has that much carbon sequestration. But if you have your cows in there and they eat it down and then you move them and it grows, yep. and then you move them again and it grows, and then maybe you move them back and they mow it down again and it grows. You have stuff growing all the time yeah. and you're sequestering more carbon. That's right. The more grazing cycles that you can get where the plant has fully recovered each time before it's grazed, yeah, every time it's growing, you call it the S-curve, that part before a seed head comes along. That's the magic place where they're getting a lot of forage, and then you can restart that carbon sequestering system. It, one thing you told me um, was was leaving some stuff grown in the fall. Mm-hmm. so that Stockpile so forage. Stockpile forage. Yep. So that in the spring, you're feeding your cows stockpiled storage before anybody else that's right in april april fools not not, this is true we ain't fooling man no you're you're feeding your cows off and you're not buying hay that's really expensive we're we're buying less Less hay hay. that's right yeah we're at 6500 feet elevation so well how does that affect the growing season quote-unquote with your poultry and your beef what's the cycle there and then also how are you getting this to folks (laughs) <laughs> we asked ourselves that right now too because <laughs> you like you said you're 11 yeah. months old we're just oh we're just getting our feet underneath us yeah, yeah so um to so from a, a hay perspective we just maybe i'll talk about that first yeah. on the hay front i mean we 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 knew we we were in a very fortunate circumstance i'll say it real quickly like most ranchers are going to be overstocked because you want to get as much money as you can in selling the cattle at the auctions. Yeah. And like that's just how the work world goes at the sell barn. And so, so they focus on stock density. But we are blessed because we have too much land. Mm-hmm. And so we can actually build up and manage accordingly. So we left that land. And um, we only graze between mid-December and then April 1st, where a lot of other people go usually November to end of April. Uh-huh. So... Um, Hay was was pretty rough. Prices kind of doubled, almost tripled yeah. at times, depending on when you got it in. And, you know, uh, that's our biggest cost. So uh, what we try to do is you can find winter pastures. You go south, you go north, you go places where there's um, where you can essentially stockpile and grow some grasses there and graze them throughout the winter. That's one way to save money. Once we've grazed all this stuff, though, to your question about how we sell it, right now if you go on our website, it's website Three Springs, Utah, um, that second little banner, one, you can sign up for our workshop. Two, the other thing is you can just pre-order chicken and put out a form. I wish we had a little better pre-sell thing there, but we'll – and then, heck, I'm going to go to the, the dang West Valley Farmer's, farmer's market, market and the Harriman <laughs> Farmer's Market. I'm stoked. Up. Yeah, I was like, we did not sign up in time for the other markets, but yeah. we'll get it there. Yeah, definitely. So um, you, there was a little quote we talked about. Plants okay. manage water. Water manages temperature. Yes. Effectively managing the plants effectively – manages the water and the temperature yes and so this is what you guys are doing this is this it's all about the soil mm-hmm. it's about getting roots down in there yep it's the most important thing then the rain gets down in there then the soil gets aerated i watched it happening and then you you cover crop some yep. we went to a place where we could see the old cover crop coming up yep that was really cool um i 
it, it was a great afternoon. I, I have a cow pie here. I want to get to this part for sure because <laughs> right. I don't think I'm going to get That's to right. all of this. Okay. What can you tell by looking closely at? And maybe even mm. taking a sniff mm. of yeah. a cow pie. I, I love it. Not good a cow. fresh one. I don't love it. No, I don't love a fresh one, but I love a good one. So my favorite thing is the flip a chip. That's what I call it in the field. And so I, Al has one here. I'm holding it in, in the studio here. It's great. It's kind of weird, but it's awesome. So when you see, even after two days, I was just moving my cows today, and just even their manure from yesterday, I'm already seeing a ton of holes into the manure. And I'm seeing um, flies already laying their larvae. So you're seeing flies putting in bugs, and that's a great feed for your birds population. And then you're also seeing these holes that are being air, that are being um, bored by dung beetles. And so then you're creating aeration. And so that way this manure is actually able to easy, more easily break down and doesn't become anaerobic. And then what's beautiful is like, and give it a few more weeks, you flip that thing over. If you're right in a good soil system, you'll start seeing tons of earthworms and other microorganisms that my partner McKinley is much more effective at identifying and nerding out on. We I had a great that. conversation with you him did, about some right. of that stuff. But when you just break it, get, get brave, look at an old cow chip and break it up and smell it. You'll be surprised. It always it smells like dirt or soil. Oh, dirt! It smells like dirt. And so, if we could graze a perfect layer of these suckers mm-hmm. all over the whole ground, yeah. and then all the bugs came and everything came, would we be building soil? We'll Absolutely. be building soil, terraforming. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You gonna go sprinkle that cow <laughs> pie right. in your garden there? That was the, the, the term that that was the term that, that McKinley deep, and McKinley I and I wanted like, to get back to that. Well, I mean, so we I asked this actually. We, we both participated in something called the Soil Health Academy, and I asked this question to him i said what do you if you covered the whole landscape with manure what is that layer and he's it's a new horizon layer and it's it's actually pure almost organic matter it's not even necessarily soil it's it's organic matter and that's huge for your ability to to retain water and yeah, we can do that. In just a few years, you essentially cover your entire ecosystem with manure. I'm going to stay away from the big ag stuff because I have so much stuff oh, here yeah. that I really want to get through. There was some politics we mentioned yeah. and some big ag things where they're, they're supporting, the politicians are supporting big ag and all that stuff. And and But let's get to this. Let's A trusting nature instead of chemicals um, is this being the solution and partnering with nature. Yeah. Yeah, and, and if you're on chemicals, don't go off it too hard, you know, because that, that, that can be a little rough for your systems. But we, I, I mentioned that I, was in, I have a software program. Well, not software program, back there. I worked in software, and I always, as a human, as an engineer, you think you can kind of fix with bugs. And at the end of the day, you can't fix, you can't solve natural systems with technology. They can assist in it. But you have mm-hmm. to partner and trust nature to understand that it can heal itself so well. Go see yeah. what Chernobyl's doing right now. Oh it's gosh. healing itself. Uh, developing better practices to lower footprint, improve yields, expanding operations without sacrificing what big ag practices, healthy soil, healthy meat, healthy community. That's it. Um, I know you guys have a workshop coming up. Yeah. And uh, you let's talk about just for a minute here. Yep. The we Utah Department of Ag and Food has the Soil Health Partnership. They're coming out here with a, a really rad thing called a rain simulator and a slake test, but they can really help teach and demonstrate. We're letting UDAF, Utah Department of Ag and Food, teach some of the principles, and we are just opening up our farm to show the practices in those principles in practice and what it looks like in the field two and a half hours from 9 a.m to 11 30 a.m um june 18th next friday next saturday saturday, saturday. Next saturday. 
Um, if you go onto our website, it's a, you can see a link right below there. I'll put it in the show notes so folks Please, can find yeah. it. Thanks so much, Mitch. I mean, really. And I'm we have more to talk about, know, but we left out a couple of things, but not much. We got to the good <laughs> stuff, and it was great. And I look forward to coming up again and taking another tour, maybe work alongside you, help yeah. you move the irrigation around or something. Please, please. I'm, I'm up for it. Always. Man, this, this was a good one. So, folks, check tonight's show notes. Share this on uh, all your social circles. Uh, it'll be posted later tonight at krcl.org. Aldine Strike 9, KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer, Mitch Dunkey from Three Springs. Check tonight's show notes for a link. I'm Laura Jones. We're going to go out with another quick conversation and a tune from Eric Heideman playing at the Utah Blues Festival going on tonight and tomorrow at Gallivan. Thanks, everybody. See you at the market. See you there. Thanks. Wrapping up with Eric Heideman, fresh and homegrown. Eric is playing at the Utah Blues Festival tomorrow at noon down at the Gallivan. But meanwhile, it's going on tonight, day one. And I think your big headliner, if I'm not mistaken, is Ronnie Baker Brooks. Yes, Ronnie Baker Brooks. All right. So some great music on stage at the Gallivan. There's food trucks. And, of course, the Utah Blues Society is a nonprofit. You can find out more at utahbluesfest.org. What are you looking forward to on the, on the festival stage? Oh, I'm just looking forward to, you know, being able to play, first of all, but, you know, just to see everyone who's playing. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of great talent that's coming. So Tomorrow really night, Ruthie really Foster is the headliner. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so tickets, I'm guessing, are still available at yep. the gate, folks. Check tonight's show notes for a link. One more time, what's your website or where people can catch um, up with you? My website is ericheideman.com. Um, right. My music's on Spotify, iTunes, all that kind of stuff. And a new album coming out maybe a year or so, you yeah, think? Yeah, maybe a year okay. or so. <laughs> all right, so you're going to close the show out for us tonight. What's this next one called? What's it about? Um, this next one is called I Don't Care, and it's kind of about... Um, you know, people kind of get at each other's throats sometimes. Mm. And so this one's really about, you know, leaving differences behind and kind of coming together and having a good time, basically. Eric Heideman, I Don't Care, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9. <laughs> I don't care As long as you play fair I don't care As long as you're moving As long as you're grooving And you ain't got nothing to prove Then I don't care It makes no difference If you're black or white a woman or a man said, I don't care. I don't care. As long as we get there, I don't care. Check your ego at the door. Don't make me say it no more. Said, I don't care. If you're young or if you're old, well, you ain't gotta be so cold, said, I don't care.
KRCL, Salt Lake City. Support for KRCL comes from our listeners and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Hi, I'm Morgan, KRCL's membership manager, here to remind you that you can donate the rusted out boat, camper, or car in your yard to KRCL. Our car donation partner will tow your vehicle, give you a tax receipt, and cut a check to KRCL. For details on KRCL's car donation program, Cars Inc., visit the support tab at krcl.org. Krcl.